everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hey guys, it is 2020. I feel like I've been saying that for the past three episodes, but this is actually the first one that I've recorded in 2020. So I'm super excited and I just can't believe it's a new freaking decade. For those of you who grew up around the same age as me, some of you, I think you're in your third decade. Yeah, third decade. But I'm not because I'm like barely a 90s baby. So whatever. Anyways, welcome to episode 17. So this is all solo. I don't have a guest today. This has been the much anticipated uh, what the heck is going on in Abby's life episode. And I'm totally just going to like put it all out there. I, full disclosure, already recorded this episode once and decided I didn't like it. So we're doing another one and seeing if I like this one better. So hopefully it ends up being um, the one that you guys get to hear. But I just decided that I really wanted to wait to do this episode until I truly had what I wanted my theme for 2020 to be. And I've been sitting on it for a while now and something happened the other day and I was like, that's it. I just want to speak my truth. That's what I want 2020 to be was be like, me speaking my truth, me walking my truth, and just leading by the truest person that I am and who I want to be. And even if that means being raw and vulnerable and real and sharing, you know, really intimate and scary personal details. And so that's kind of where this episode kicks it off. Obviously, if you're in the event world or you follow me at all, you know that I canceled the Wedding Inspire Forum. It's my baby and it's something I started and I'm super passionate about because when people are planning weddings, they don't really truly know a whole lot and they just really need some guidance. And so I started that event because I really wanted people to understand and be like well-equipped going into the wedding planning process and really be excited about you know, all that to come and not just feel like they're super stressed because I really believe that the entire planning process can be fun if you stay on track and et cetera. We don't, we won't get into that. Anyways, you guys can see I'm very passionate about it. And unfortunately I canceled it and it was one of the toughest decisions I've made. It's up there and definitely like top three probably. And on top of that, you know, the business hit some really tough financial slumps and the fall, and it took a lot of the joy out of the business and my day-to-day life and relationships, and it took a lot of internal growth and self-reflection to get me to a place where today I'm feeling great and I feel like I'm on the up and up and I have plans and I'm going to, you know, be smarter and better and learn from the mistakes that I've made and 
so you know you're hearing this when I'm on the other side of it, but you know, know that it, there was a point in time where that wasn't the case. And fortunately, I was able to take around about two weeks off at Christmas time. And that was so much what I needed to kind of just like reset myself and really regroup and get my mind and my body and my family back to a place where I was like ready to go and hit the ground running in 2020, especially knowing that on the 4th, I had my first huge wedding of the year. I mean, huge wedding where I was working the Friday, Saturday and Sunday for that weekend. So needless to say, that's like the little backstory on where this podcast episode is coming from. And obviously the theme of this episode and of 2020 in general is speaking the truth. That's what I want to really put out into the world. So without further ado, kind of want to dive into what happened at the end of 2019. So I took a leap of faith in September and I made my first plunge into hiring a full-time employee. So previously I've only had contract employees and this employee was still in a contract employee, but you know, I decided I wanted to structure it where I had a salary or a, you know, base pay on top of commission and I was super excited and I, you know, thought I was going to pull out of a line of credit and get some funding from the bank to protect us if there was like a down month and I didn't get it and so I was like that's okay, we're going to keep going and I went ahead and like, you know, took the plunge to hire her and we were just working and just grinding it out and she was bringing great ideas and it was super awesome. But what it quickly did was put me in a very, very stressed financial situation because at this point it wasn't just me making sure that I had food on the table and paying bills, but it was that someone else was depending on me making sure that happened for them. And if you've ever owned a business and you've ever been dependent on someone else's livelihood, it's a feeling and a dependency that is like on it's hard to describe. It's just, it's a lot of pressure. And when you're someone who like strives to be perfect, even though I know it's impossible, like I do, I just was overwhelmed with pressure. And, um, we we made it through September and October, November, it started getting really tight. And I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know if this is working. I am like really wanting to have faith in this. And so I kept pushing and I was like, I can make it through. Like, we're going to make it through this. Like, we're going to come out on top. This is going to be awesome. And then December came and Hillis and I were looking at each other like, we don't have money to pay bills. Like we are legitimately racking up credit card debt to pay bills. And that is something I never, ever imagined I would do, especially while like raising a family. Like it's just, I've never done that in my life. And it was an expectation that I'd have that I would never do. And then also knowing that there was my child who was relying on us, like, we just knew we were down a really bad, quick black hole that we were going to be going in really fast if we didn't do something. So I tried to come up with every solution possible to try to figure out what I could do to make the whole situation work. And the event was really ramping up and things were happening and it looked great, but the money, there was still more going out than what was coming in. And I was literally working 60 to 70 hour weeks and not making any money. And disclaimer, I tell this entire story, like I I don't know that people understand how incredibly vulnerable it is for me to share this because this shows my imperfection. And for me to show my imperfection, it's like, it's really hard. And it 
makes you wonder like, what are people going to think of you? And like, you know, what are people going to think how you, why you put yourself in that situation? And I think so many people from the outside could say, well, Abby, that was a really dumb decision. You didn't have a business plan and you didn't have like, you know, funding in your bank account and, you know, that was for a year and et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, is like, when you're in the thick of running a business and you are like over your head and work and you just, someone comes along who really wows you and you're just vibe off their energy and you're excited. Like sometimes you just like jump for it because at that point you're like, I'm barely surviving because there's so much work to be done. Everything's like really ramping up and happening. And you're just like putting one foot in front of the other and you're in such the thick of it that you can't step back and like look at it from a different perspective or, you know, really evaluate sometimes what you're doing and you're just like going and going and you just want to make this work because you believe in it so much. And so I tell everyone this, like, please know that like, this is very hard for me to tell. So if you have any comments on how I could have done better, I'm all for constructive criticism, but I like also really don't want to receive any like, well, if you would have done this, you would have been better. Like I'm fully aware that there are plenty of things I could have done to prevent this, but what I'm more so is sharing the story and what I'm doing now to help other people kind of if they've ever been in this situation or feel like they're close to the situation of some sort that hopefully like by me sharing my story that you can feel like you're not alone and you can feel like you can reach out to me and ask for help or reach out to someone else that you know might be going through the same thing and y'all actually talk about it rather than pretending like you're not going through it, which I think personally makes it 10 times worse. So full disclaimer, I just wanted everyone to know that like this being vulnerable and being open about something so intimate, especially in a world where we're, I'm, I'm surrounded by a ton of entrepreneurs and self-made people. I feel like it kind of devalues me in a way, and I know that it doesn't, but I feel that way. So anyways, all of that being said, going back to the December situation, basically December hit, we hit, we hit a place where like we had to make a quick change. Like there was just no option. And One night I just looked at Hillis and I was like, I think I have to let Sarah go. Like, I don't think I have any other option. And for those of you who know mine and Sarah's relationship, she is someone who brought a ton of value to our team. She helped me see my value. She helped me charge things that I, prices that I should have been charging for my services. She helped me um, learn to say no to things that wasn't, that was me like draining myself and not actually valuing myself. She brought a lot of value to the company and to myself. And I really believed in what her, because her strengths were my weaknesses and my weaknesses were her strengths or whatever I'm trying to say. I really believed in what we were creating. And so to give up on that like hope was gut-wrenching for me. And so... The episode that Nikki and I recorded, for those of you who listened to that, you probably heard a ton of emotion and kind of just like down in my voice. That was recorded about an hour and a half before I met with Sarah. And what a lot of people don't know is that Nikki was playing an integral part and like coaching me through this entire process. I had called her three nights in a row, bawling explaining to her my financial situation and not knowing what to do and trying to come up with a solution. And then when I came up with the only solution that I could, that was feasible, she, you know, helped me make it, I guess, ripping off the bandaid as least painful as possible. 
you know, and she walked through the whole process. She had let someone else go on her team prior. So she had the experience and she knew how much it sucked and kind of prepared me for that. Um, helped me get a place where I could have a confidential conversation with Sarah and like really just explain to her what had been going on. But not only was I like letting this person go and like, gosh, I just do so much in my life, like a hundred percent balls to the walls, like all full open hearted. And that just like made this entire process 10 times worse. Like I think if I was someone who was more reserved, it wouldn't have been as bad, but I'm just like always so... 150% into everything that I do that having the conversation alone with letting someone go was hard enough. But then on top of that, letting them know that the project, the biggest project that they were working on was something that I needed to cancel for my own sanity, because there was no way that I was going to fulfill that event by myself. Like there, there was just no way I was going to do that. And knowing that we had three weeks coming up where most people were unplugged because it was Christmas and then New Year's. So I just, I had to do it all and I had to rip the bandaid off and it was so emotionally awful and I'm getting emotional talking about it. It just, it was rough. It was really rough and it was rough to do that to someone else and it was rough to like have to make those crappy hard decisions for the sake of like my family, my finances. So all of that being said, that's pretty much what happened at the end of December. I decided that rather than trying to break myself, trying to make this event happen, I just said no. And that's probably one of the first times I've chosen to say no and dealt with the repercussions rather than saying yes and just killing myself over it. And although it was hard in the time of all of it happening, what I can see now on the other side was that no it was like the best thing I could have done for myself because those two to three weeks of, you know, really it was two weeks of being off for Christmas and New Year's is exactly what I needed to get me to a place where I could take off in 2020 and actually like not crater. Had I not taken that time off, I question where I'd be right now. Uh, it was, I was going down and I was going down fast. Um, and I knew, I said, I've got to unplug. I I had been sending emails to all my clients and I was like, look, you guys, like I am unplugging for two weeks straight and like, I will not be checking email. I like, I just need to be me. And it worked out so somehow crazy. Hi God. Yes. I see you. Hillis had taken KJ to Houston with his side of the family and I had to go to Waco. And so I ended up having 24 hours by myself and I was like, oh my God. I was stressing out so bad. You can ask my girlfriends. Like I was like, what do I do? I have no idea what to do with 24 hours. I don't think I've had 24 hours at home by myself since I've given birth. So two years almost in the making of like not having alone time, which you guys, I'm not proud of. Like I clearly realized that this is a, this is a pitfall that I have not put enough effort in to making sure that I have that like alone quiet time. So I'm this whole process has brought some very like eye-opening experiences. But that being said, I had 24 hours to myself and it was the best 24 hours ever. And you guys, it, it flew by. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so like anxious about this and nervous and like scared. And God knows what other feeling I was feeling throughout this entire process. But actually it flew by and it was freaking awesome. And I drank a beer at like two o'clock with some friends at a bar at the domain. I was like, what is going on? Anyways, it just all ended up being the way that I know that it was supposed to be. But gosh, when you're in the thick of it, it was so hard. So basically at the end of 2019, my business was in a financial crisis. I was mentally struggling. 
I had little to no motivation. I was sitting on the couch every day, just like trying to figure out how I was going to like open up my computer and send some emails. I knew throughout 2019 that like, I knew that there was like a need for Hillis and I to focus on our finances and we kept mentioning it to each other, but we never actually really followed through with anything. And I felt like this was God's way of kind of like slapping me in the face a little bit and just like waking me up and saying like, Hey, if you don't make one of these weaknesses a priority, it's going to really hurt later on and it's going to really cause a struggle later on. So like now's your time to really focus on that and make a change. So honestly, all of this made me super frustrated because I was embarrassed. I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was a failure. I I mean, the list goes on and on. I just... It's embarrassing when you feel like you have failed to the capacity that I thought I had failed. And I realize now it wasn't a failure. It was a lesson learned. And there's, again, so many great things that came out of it. But it, when you're just you're just in the middle of it, it it's tough. It's so tough. You know, and oh gosh, I, I'm like all over the place telling you guys this story. So let me stay focused. So anyways, all that being said, everything that I've gone through, I mean, going back to launching a business while on maternity leave two years ago to then having postpartum depression and also finding out that there were, you know, a large amount of other women in this world who had their sexual assault cases mishandled by A&M and then fighting A&M and fighting the freaking universe on handling sexual assault cases, all while being somewhat like postpartum depressed, whatever situation and having a colicky baby and then launching another business six months later. And it's just like, I haven't stopped to smell the freaking flowers on the side of the road. And you just get so in the thick of it with when you're doing your business that you lose sight of like life and you lose sight of like, you're just like wanting to like grind and pretend like everything's great. And like my business is profitable because you're just at the rat race of this, like everyone else trying to make their business happen. And it's like exhausting and quite frankly, it's stupid. Like, it's so stupid. It's like, what am I trying to prove? Like, to who am I trying to prove? Because I know at the end of the day, what's happening with the business. And like, I don't need to prove anything. And I don't need to make sure that I'm posting five days a week on social media and getting over 100 likes on each post. I mean, like, oh, you guys, the stress, like no one understands how much stress goes on, like with even the social media side of owning your own business and keeping up with that rat race. And Woof. Anyways, all that to say that 2020, I am going to speak my truth. And my truth is this is who I am. And I mess up and I make poor decisions sometimes. And I learn lessons really freaking hard because I'm an Enneagram 8 and that's what Enneagram 8s do. And we play defense and we don't like to, you know, hear the hard truths. And so I'm going to fix that and I'm going to work on that. And I think for me, speaking the truth for in 2020 involves really, truly being intentional about setting boundaries and actually like sticking to them, speaking out about the struggles and the good and the bad, like just not doing a highlight reel on social media and not doing a highlight reel when you run into someone and just truly being like your authentic self and just saying, Hey, you know what? Well, I was going through this, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm in a tough spot now, but I'm going to keep going. And like, just not like being okay with not being okay and sharing that and not feeling like you're going to be shamed for it or like someone's going to look down upon you for it. 
I think it takes asking for help in this process. I had to lean on mine and Hillis's family a lot to get out of this, um, both financially and personally. And you know what? I learned some really cool things about asking for help, specifically from my father. I haven't really asked him for a lot of help in my life, and he got to help me through this. And it was probably one of the first times where we were like able to sit down and have coffee and talk about really crappy things happening. And he just said, let me help you. What do you need? Golly, I wasn't going to get emotional, y'all. Anyways, growing up in a family with a bunch of boys where it's just rough, tough, and, you know, whatever, it was just really nice to have, like, an opportunity where I could sit down and, like, really just lean on my dad and let him help me. And I was able to do that just by asking for help, which is so hard for me. I think it requires, speaking your truth requires being willing to be vulnerable you can't like be open and honest if you're not willing to be vulnerable and you can't, I guess it's the fear of people being afraid of hearing what others think or, you know, what they're going to, the reaction's going to be. But the reality is, is like, why do we care? Why do we care so much about what other people think or how they're going to react? And if they do say something negative, like I feel confident at this point, if someone says something negative to me that I like, can literally flip the mirror around and be like, I know this is not my problem. This is so much reflective back on you as a person that you have so much growing to do that like you can say what you want and I'm, it's not going to bother me. And the last one I think that encompasses speaking your truth is valuing yourself and valuing the things that you know that you're, you're good at and you're, you know, just content with and, just really knowing that you bring value each and every day to your life and the lives of others that are around you and to your job or your business and whatever that looks like and like hone in on those values and really truly value yourself. And I think if you can, we can all kind of use those as like kind of being our like driving force through 2020, we can see a lot of really cool things happen, not only in our lives, but in other people's lives. You know, obviously at the top of the list for goals for me for 2020 is, you know, a big financial goal. We have a little slump that we have to get ourselves out of. And when I recorded this the first time, I shared this information and I didn't think I was going to. So I feel like it's just what I need to do to share it again because I felt compelled the first time. But Hillis and I, when we got married, we I had two business bank accounts and then two personal bank accounts and then I had a couple credit cards and travel credit cards and um, maybe a few shopping. And then he had his like three or four bank accounts and credit cards. And we just had a lot going on. And rather than like consolidate, like, you know, a financial advisor would probably tell you to do, we were just like, oh, we'll put each other's names on each other's accounts just in case, but like, we'll be fine. Well, when the going gets tough and it's Christmas season and the money's not there, Come to find out, we sat down, I guess like about two weeks ago, and realized that like our pretty much our combined credit card debt was $18,000. And because like I have mine and he has his and we kind of knew, but we didn't really know. We just hadn't done the math and like hadn't really paid attention to it, honestly. And I was like, holy crap. And we went and looked at the interest rates and they're between 18 and like 25%. 25% interest? That is one fourth. So if you have say, gosh, easy math, $10,000 on a credit card and you're paying 25% interest, you're paying $2,500 just on that 10,000. Like it's just mind blowing and it's ridiculous. So 
he took it upon himself to find a credit card debt consolidation, I guess, company or whatever. And I didn't even know these places existed. We have really good family friends that had uh, come and stayed with us a couple times in the fall. And they had kind of suggested that that would be the first thing to do when you were like looking at getting your finances in a row instead of like trying to pay your credit cards off, which a lot of people do. And they do. I know the Dave Ramsey thing is the snowball effect. What people don't tell you guys is like instead of paying like down on a credit card, getting if you have self-control and you can keep those credit cards open but do a debt consolidation loan, they will give you that lump of sum of money. You pay off all of your credit cards and you pay a much lower interest rate. And I share this like really vulnerable information about our finances because I didn't know it was out there. And I hope that by sharing this, I hope that at least one other person knows that this exists and goes and does this. So instead of paying 18 to 25% interest, we are now paying 8% and we'll pay less if we pay it off early. So they gave us a five-year loan because in the event world, our in marketing world, our business goes up and down and up and down given um, the months. You know, some months are really awesome and great, and we'll be able to pay over and pay a ton extra. And then some months aren't as good, so we wanted to be able to be protected in those months because you like the worst thing you can do is put money back on a credit card after you've just used a debt consolidation to pay off those credit cards. So we know that. A lot of people cut their credit cards up or you can cancel them. That That's not necessarily the best thing for your credit. So we've decided to practice self-control and we are not cutting our credit cards up. We are going to keep them in our wallets and we have to make a conscious choice every single time that we want to buy something that it doesn't come off of, you know, on those cards. And I think it's for us, it's something that we wanted to practice and we are going to practice and do because we've been so lackadaisical with our finances that like this is the first way that we can really start making ourselves being intentional about it. So anyways, for those of you who didn't know that that was an option, you can do like a one year, two year, we're doing a five year, obviously we with plans to pay it off in less than two. Um, we have our own like payment plan instead of the one that they give you, but it's way more feasible. It's so feasible and it gets you out of a really black place where you're paying basically monthly interest. And it's, sometimes it's not even covering the interest that's being charged monthly on the card. So that is one of our financial goals is to have at least half of that paid off, probably more than that by the end of 2020. And along those lines of just trying to eat out less, we're, we kind of let ourselves go both physically and financially at the end, you know, towards, I guess, really honestly, all of 2019. And so we were like, if we eat out less then we're probably eating less calories and we're spending less money. So that's one that we should really work on. So that's another like kind of financial goal that we're doing. And then we are going to be conscious about monitoring spending, both for the business and for personal. So rather than just kind of like fly by the seat of our pants and hope we get everything taken care of, which I budget monthly for bills, but that's it. I don't really look at spending, which is... If you're a financial person and you're listening to this, please don't judge me because I like do all of the wrong things. I'm fully aware, but I'm learning. And if you have any tidbits of knowledge, please feel free to share. And if you want to come on and do a whole episode about financial planning so that myself and anyone else can do better, please, I would love it. I don't really know that I have someone that would want to do that. Anyways, so we're going to be much better about using a spreadsheet um, that we're using to really monitor the personal spending. 
Another big goal I have for 2020, since I guess I'm just sharing all things for 2020 and really kickstarting it because I also want to hear what you guys are doing. I am making a conscious effort to put family first. I'm really good about saying yes to work (laughs) with my family taking the backseat and it's not cool. For instance, I already got asked to work a Sunday after I'll be working Friday and Saturday, the last weekend in January. And I originally said yes until I realized there was a family outing for my son's birthday that was supposed to be on my calendar that I didn't put on there. And old me probably would have just worked and said like, oh, well, like we'll figure it out. And new me made it a point to communicate that this was something I was working on. I am really sorry for double booking myself, but I do have to stick to what I am practicing and speaking, which is my truth, which means family first. So I'm already trying to practice that. I'm sure I will fail multiple times at other points in the year, but that is something I'm going to make a conscious effort about just choosing to be around when KJ's around. And if that means working after, you know, eight o'clock, because that's when he goes down to bed doing that and making sure that those prime times between five and eight, that I am there and I'm 100% there for him and I can be his mom. And he doesn't just see me on my phone or on my computer trying to help clients or whatever. And also be there and be a wife, a wife that's like cute and sexy and fun and not just a workaholic. Cause like at the end of the day, there's work. And then there's, you know, if, if I do that for too long, there's nothing else. So family first, something I'm going to do for 2020. I don't know. I think that's really it for this episode. I just really wanted people to know that When you go through something hard, it doesn't have to be like a hush, hush, like sweep it under the rug. I think I actually, full disclosure, probably talk a bunch of shit about people who do that whole like sweep it under the rug. Let's pretend it doesn't happen. Like it drives me batshit crazy, honestly, when people like when I know good and well that you're going through something and you're just like, "Ah, I'm great. I'm great. And it's like, you know that you're not great. And like, why are you acting like that? And I would die if someone said that about me especially for my friends that saw me over Christmas break and saw what an emotional wreck I was. I don't know. I just wanted to be like really open and honest. And I really just want people to join me in and speaking this truth and this walk that I'm wanting to do in 2020 and choosing to look fear in the eyes and just say like, no, not today, Satan. Like I'm not going to not do this just because I'm terrified of doing this. Like I'm done not doing things because I'm scared and I hope that like you guys can kind of like jump on with me and kind of have that same mentality. And with that, you know, the last decade was a decade of this like huge push at social media. Like Instagram just became this like whole new phenomenon and you could be like Insta famous instantly if you, you know, did a few sponsored posts and use the right hashtags. And that combined with obviously Facebook and now there's TikTok and There was Vine at one point and Pinterest, I mean, and then blogs. And it's just like the content is never ending and this like push of creation is never ending. But sometimes I feel like it's just like, hey, look at me. My life's so perfect. Here's the next five tips to be like Insta famous or here's the next five tips to be the super mom or like it's just I just feel like it's everywhere. And then there are those few people who are like wanting to tell their truths, but 
it's still done in a perfect way. And quite frankly, I kind of feel like that's me. Like I'm still the girl that uses the same filter on every picture on Instagram because I think it looks pretty. But if you read what I'm writing normally on my post, you'll read that it's a little bit more like, you know, real. And I try to share more real things that are going on in my life. Um, I do just like really pretty pictures. I have always loved taking pictures. By the way, coming up, I really do think I'm going to do this. Some sort of like how to take and edit the best pictures on your iPhone. Because I like to call myself a professional iPhone photographer. And like legit, more than half of my pictures, y'all, that I post are probably an iPhone. I just like, I don't know. I've always liked snapping pictures and capturing moments. It's like a little hobby of mine. And it's way easier on an iPhone than it is on like manual setting on one of those mega cameras. That's what Morgan knows how to do. That's, That's all her thing. I try to learn, but I just flip to automatic mode and it tells me everything that I'm supposed to do. Anyways, I'm on a tangent. Point being, social media, I think, has the potential to really do some great things in this next decade, but I think it's up to us on how we use it. And I think if we all continue to go down this just like life's perfect, we're only going to post the highlight reel. I just think that like, what is life going to be anymore? Like, where is the real interaction and where's the vulnerability and where's the connection? And if we're not going to do that, like, what's the point? Like, we're going to get so sick of just seeing all these things perfect. We're going to like, we're going to like really, really want this like back to human, human connection. So like, let's be the, the change and like, let's use social media and these, like all these platforms to like spread goodness and pick each other up and support each other. And you know, help each other with each other's businesses or kids or, you know, whatever, family, whatever it is. And like, use it as a place of like reaching out and being open rather than like a place of feeling like I have to pretend I'm someone that I'm not, or I have to like cover up something that's really going on in my life. So all of that, we are going to speak our truth in 2020 and walk our truth and just like be us, all us, all in, not be afraid of, of who we are and what we're going through. And I just really hope that like this really resonates with you. I hope that some of the financial stuff that we've learned going through this can kind of help you, anyone else, kickstart 2020 on a much better foot than what was going to be us and just really ready to take this next decade with just a new mindset and a new heart. And yeah, I think that's it. So hope you guys enjoyed this a little bit different of an episode. I've got some really awesome stuff planned for 2020. I've got some guests that I'm working on scheduling. I really just want to bring on some real authentic people and have some really awesome conversations And I think I'll probably do some more, you know, solo Abby episodes and just kind of do some uh, insight to what's going on in my life and things that I'm working on. And I think that's it. So you guys go out, have a great evening, afternoon, morning, whatever it is. Drink your cup of coffee or your glass of wine or your beer or your White Claw or Brizzy. Shout out Brizzy. That was my new thing over the holiday break, and they are so good. They're like the new improved White Claw. That was total plug for no reason, but I just really do like them. Anyways, y'all have a great day. Episode 18 coming up soon, too. Y'all look out for that. Bye, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, 
please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly, remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.